The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Blowing out of the backfield, exploding down the sideline. This is Hanging with the Boys, presented by Wingstop, where flavor gets its wings. Now, your hosts. Nate Newton, Kurt Daniels, Jesse Holly, and Shannon Gross. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of Hanging with the Boys, where we are still trying to get over the devastating first season game of the of the year, first game of the season. Congratulations, by the way, to the uh, the Dallas Stars heading to the the. Stanley Cup Championship, Kurt. You pretty yeah, pumped about that? Stars. That's your your oh, former yeah. employer yes, there. Yeah, that's right. That's yeah, exciting. Shannon, we don't know what's happening with you, but you're having some terrible audio, so I'll take over this thing right now. Yo, <laughs> welcome to hanging yeah, with the boys. To take it's over, me, Kurt. Jesse Holly, with my guy Kurt Daniels, Nate hey. Newton, and Shannon Gross. Gross, uh, yeah, is trying to figure out some stuff that he has to do. Uh, I don't know audibly, but. Shout out to the Dallas Stars who are on their way to the Stanley Cup Finals. You know what? We we, we got to just really give them a lot of props because we've had a lull in teams getting deep into the playoffs into championship rounds. Yep. So shout out to the Dallas Stars. Yeah. Give so a round of applause for the Dallas curve. Stars. We'll all be watching and supporting. And hope it's, right. I hope it's contagious. I, since what? 99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-99-
they could have easily won that game. It would have been ugly, but they could have won that game. So the weirdness of this game, man, and I would have thought last year, anytime we was giving up more than 30 minutes a game and we only scored and we scored less than 20 points, we normally be blowed out. We were not blowed out. And another thing that but, is but Nate, to, 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 to your point, to your point, Nate, about an ugly game. I, mm-hmm. Don't you think the Cowboys should be at a point in their just football careers with this current roster who have a lot of experienced players that you shouldn't be losing the ugly games? Like you have enough talent, enough experience, uh, enough. Your head coach has a Super Bowl. Like you should win the ugly games. We talked I, about I, this with for you. the last ten years about coaching being able to win games. Shouldn't the Cowboys? Shouldn't the Cowboys be to a point where the ugly games should now be going in their favor? This is where um, I mean. This, this is where your head coach and your quarterback does not allow you to lose games. Dak is in his fifth year. Forget a new coach. You stay your same offensive coordinator with basically the same offensive uh, scheme. This is where your quarterback does not allow you to lose this game. This is where he steps forward and takes control and, and, and puts you in that position to win this game. And so, but I still, I still cannot get over the fact that Dontario Poe and our inside guys did not handle their business. That, that stays the same overnight as I sleep. But as you brought that up, I, I agree. And I told y'all guys off air, this is the year where that, not monetarily, not nothing else. I have nothing to do with that. I'm talking about as quarterback, head up, as Michael Irvin would say, this is where we show you show who you are in tight, Jesse, close games. Jesse, you're talking about this team though having the experience now that they should be able to win these close games, they should be able to win these ugly games. But, I mean, you go back there last year, I think they scored 24 or fewer points six times. They lost all six of those games. They were horrible in one possession games. I think what, they were one and seven or something like that. I mean, they, they had the second worst record in the NFL in one possession games. This may be who the team is. I mean, they're kind of picking up right where they left off with Talk about they should be experienced now and they should be able to win these games. This, is this who they are? Kurt, that, that, that is so right in what you're saying. But it's, I think it's one caveat. You do have a different offensive mind at the, head of this, at the head of this deal. And so I think that I would give him this one game to look at his team on film and say, uh-huh. He, it shouldn't take an experienced guy like him. The way he say he looked at film all offseason, the way he say he dissected and broke down things off, now he, he got something tangible that he can lay his hands into. And now he said, okay, let me go talk to Kellum. Let me go talk, talk to Mike Noel. This is what I see. This is what we need to fix quickly, and this is how we need to proceed. Kurt, so one, one of the stats yes, that I saw in response. this game that's – and that is a that is a that is a, that is a, a significant up. stat. It's a telltale sign um, of teams winning and losing football games in the National Football League. And when you look at, I look at this team. I, I always look at the makeup of a team um, of what their head coach's strength is. I look at a team like the Pittsburgh Steelers. Mike Tomlin is a defensive 
minded coach. So I look for that team to be stout defensively. I look at this team with Mike McCarthy. This is a uh, Mike McCarthy is an offensive minded coach. So I look for this team for its identity to be founded and the foundation to be offensive. The Cowboys were three, they were, they were 33% on third downs in the game on Sunday. Uh, what did you see in that game where, where, where they just weren't able to take those third downs and actually convert them to extend drives? And is that, is that something that is more on Dak or do you think that's more on Kellen Moore slash Mike McCarthy with calling the right plays prior to and on that down to give this team success? That's a good question. I mean, it sounded like... Kurt, that's why I asked it. <laughs> I should expect but, it, but, right? Uh, okay. Well, they, they, they threw the ball yes, on me, first and second me. down. They. All right, Nate, go ahead. No, You're no, chomping no, at the no, ball. Hold on, hold on. Let Kurt get this one off. I want to hear what you got to say, Kurt. Well, really. you know, they, they threw the ball on first and second down early in the game, 67% of the time, which was tops in the NFL. That kind of surprised me some. Last year, they weren't anywhere near that rate. So you got to think that, yes, that's a change in coaching philosophy. When it comes to executing now on third down, maybe that's more on the players. Maybe that's Dak not picking up the guy. Maybe that's, you know, not stopping Aaron Donald when you need to. Maybe that's the receiver not running, you know, C.D. Lamb coming up short of the sticks. I mean, I think when it comes to that, Maybe that's more of an execution problem than a than a scheme problem. But I, you guys are the players; you would know better than I would. Well, well, what what, I, what I'm seeing is, and I agree with Jesse said 100 percent because Washington said, "Okay, we're going out and get a new a new head coach." And somebody must have told management, "Well, you got a great defense. All they need is a mind to go with it." So they went and got Coach Rivera, and he put his stamp on that game in the with the Washington football team against. Um, against Philadelphia, and and so on and so forth for the tumbling game last night, what they saw last night against the Giants. You know, you saw their defense come to light and their offense just lit them up. But what I'm trying to say here is, when you have an offensive-minded team and everything out of, say, a $200 million salary and $160 million of it is going to your offense, you cannot afford to tell the fans on, on Monday, uh, well, we couldn't. We uh, we three and twelve, uh, we three and fifteen versus on third down. Uh, we only had the ball twenty four minutes. Uh, come on, fellas. I hey, mean that that, well, that don't even make sense, does it? Right. Well, I, we never got into this yesterday, and of course it's the big question of the game. I mean, you talk about McCarthy being an offensive coach because of that. Were you guys, as former players, glad he went for it on fourth and three? Was I, I it showing not much trust in his defense, or no? I, 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 as, with twelve minutes I, left, I wanted, I wanted to kick. That's just me. Nate, I think you're saying that because you're sitting with me. No, no, no. Because as this was as going a, down, as, as a play, no, 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 no. I'm, I'm meaning, I'm meaning, uh, I'm meaning because uh, you're sitting at home with me as right. a analyst. Okay. But because okay. when you when you were padded up, and and you, there's no way. Because guys get excited because you're like, man, let's go, let's go. And you and you have this belief that you can do it. And so as I sit here as an analyst, as as a retired player, and I'm watching, I'm like, come on, man, kick the field goal. But in that moment, I'm saying, I, I feel like CeeDee Lamb. I feel like, I, I feel like uh, Michael Gallup. I feel like all those other guys are saying, let's go. 
Like that that is the excitement that you have as a player. You always want to go for it. There's always this sense of belief that you can get it, that you can go out there and yeah. and, and and turn this thing around. You better I, have I, that as a player. Right. As as I sit back as an analyst and I have a chance to say, you know, weigh the pros and cons and as I bite into one of my chicken wings from Wingstop and I'm watching the game, <laughs> I'm saying, you know, hey, man, maybe we should have kicked it in hindsight. But I can tell you for a fact, if I was on that team and I was in that moment and we looked over to the sideline and coach said, you know, what do you guys want to do? I'm I'm 100, 1,000, 1 million times saying, let's go. Come on, let's, let's go for it. We can get this. That's just the, that's just the nature of the beast. It's all, hindsight's always 2020 when you're able to sit here like we are and, and kind of, you know, look at all of the different things from a but, from a from an analyst perspective, like Nate said at the time, he was saying no, kick it. What were you thinking at the time? At, at, I know that very, me. I know. Very, yeah, very, I know. As a player, like, you obviously like, would go. Oh, for I'm it. like, I'm like, get the three, kick it, kick it. Yeah. <laughs> the reason I said kick it, and we were sitting there. Me, I'm, Chris I'm screaming, kick it at that guys. at that point in time. The, the reason I said kick it because at that point you tie the game. You have 11 minutes yeah. left, or a little bit more than 11 minutes. Your defense hasn't – I'm looking at – we haven't played bad. I mean, it hasn't been great, but we haven't played – and if we stop them, anything we get then puts us in the lead. Okay, they said, well, you kicking for a lead. Are you going for it to get the lead? But right here, you fighting to take momentum. Right, right about then, I felt the Rams felt like they had the momentum. And then when they right. stopped us – it gave them even more momentum and more confidence. And I said, okay, this going down the stretch don't look good if we don't hurry up and strike. Right there, I said, okay, this is where we'll strike. I mean, I see what Coach is trying to do, but right here we'll strike. We didn't strike, fellas. We didn't make it. And it, and it always comes down for the Dallas Cowboys in the end, a catch that ain't a catch, a penalty that ain't a penalty. Aren't we tired of that? Well, Talking about strike, I want to I want to pose a question and I want to give us a moment to ponder over it as we go into the break. And the question is for Nate, for Kurt, mm. and, and Nate more so for you specifically because you come from the offensive line. And we've talked about this about this Cowboys team always having to have everything in place, everything being perfect. Lyle Collins will be out for at least two more Another weeks. Two weeks, yes, sir. Um, and, and and we saw what this offensive line was. The rookie steal wasn't uh, uh, wasn't at his best, and you know for a fact that teams once they watch film that next game where you messed up, they're gonna come back and check in to see if you fixed it. Mm-hmm. So what I want to know from Kurt, what I want to know from Nate, do the Cowboys have on this roster one the players and two the coaching ability to shore up that offensive line? heading into the game without having your stars have we come to a point where we're able to go and function offensively defensively as a team when we're missing some of those key pieces we'll answer that question coming up after the break right here on hanging with the boys 
Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the Otterbox boys. Otterbox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. Otterbox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And Otterbox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. It's football season, and when you're tailgating with your friends and your family, you want the best meat on your grill. Pettigene Meats makes the best hot dogs, the Pettigene Griller, or the all-beef franks will score. To complete that tailgate meal, Pettigene Meats has hickory smoked sausage, hot links, Polish sausage, and the best hickory smoked bacon and ham around. Available at your local retailer. And a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Pettigene Meats. Taste the difference. We can't wait to see the Cowboys back on the field, and we can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to watch them play. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your tickets, plus tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events we'll all be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek. Let's go. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yo Quiero, Yo Quiero Guacamole. Back to Hanging with the Boys. Geek.com. <laughs> Don't miss your chance to get tickets to see your Cowboys at AT&T Stadium this season. A limited number of single game tickets are on sale now. Get yours today at DallasCowboys.com slash tickets. Jesse, take it away. Get your tickets at SeatGeek.com. All right. So I asked a question heading into the break. And so now I'm looking for the answer. And I'm going to start with you, Nate, first. With, with this offensive line, does this team have the players and the coaches to correct what we've seen them be, in, be unable to correct in the past? Not having all your guys, some guys not playing well. And you and I both know that this game is won in the trenches. And we lost our game last week in the trenches. Atlanta's going to come in and they're going to check to see if you have right those wrongs that you did a week ago that they saw on film. Do the Cowboys have enough in place to do so? I think offensively they do. I think with Coach Philbin, I, I know he, I know they do. Uh, Looney will play much better. Uh, I know Zach Martin will be chomping at the bit to show who he is. Uh, the right tackles are still played okay. Uh, now, you was facing a beast in Aaron Donald at our left guard. So our left guard is more than adequate. And I think they have enough schemes, and Coach Philbin has enough uh, experience to say, okay, this is what they saw last week. This is what they'll try. But number one, they don't have Aaron Donald. They do have good players. They have more than uh, – Better, they got good players in their middle, but uh, we'll get into that as the week go on. But defensively, Dontario Poe has done much better. 
Uh, he just seemed like he was get, uh, playing alone to get along this past weekend. Like you said, the big boy theory. I know uh, Antoine Woods can play better. I don't know who uh, the, Tristan Hill is yet, and I know that Tyrone Crawford can play better. So I look for a few of those guys to pick their game up. I don't know. Zantayo Poe kind of lost me. I'm going to keep my eyes on him defensively. But I know offensively we had the players to do it and the coaches to do it. And I know that the defensive line coach is a tough coach. They're going to ask and demand more. And I'm glad there's no alliances to these players so they can shuffle them in and out how they need to. Shannon, this this thing that I've been thinking about since the game was over, uh, the Cowboys now are without Leighton Van Der Esch and Jalen Smith didn't play as well. And there are certain key words that as I've heard be described with Jalen Smith since this game was over. Um, and tell me what you think when you hear these words about a player. Mind in the right place, good effort, uh, can play better, but play it with some energy. When you, when you hear those words about a player and then you watch the performance, do you think that, that Jalen Smith will use that as motivation to get to have a much better game this week? You know, I don't know, I don't know what happened to Jalen because, like, I looked up on a couple of plays, and he just looked lost. He looked out of place. He he took he took a step the wrong direction a couple of times when I when I was watching him, and I you know the the couple of, the few practices that I watched out there at the start, like I thought he was going to have a year like he had two years ago at the end of that year where he was. You know, he looked like he was better in coverage um, during practice, the practices that I saw, and I was really expecting him to to step up and take his game to the next level and be the player that we all thought he was going to be. So I don't know if it was just a matter of, you know, we talked about it on the show yesterday, or we, I think we talked about it maybe in a meeting, but the team just kind of seemed a little flat. And I don't know if that's because you hadn't really gone at game speed and you're you, – your your body takes and your mind takes a little bit to get up to full speed and get used to oh yeah I remember what this is like this is full game speed but I I think the next two or three games I think there's a lot of players on this team and I think Jalen's one of them the first three or four games of this year is going to be what these guys are I think Dak is one of these guys like you think you know who these guys are you've seen flashes of this you've seen flashes of that but you don't really know what kind of player you have I think you know you may have Cheeto may be that guy that you think it's you think you've seen the potential you've seen you've seen the you know what you think they might be but then history keeps showing you that no this is what this person is and we keep we keep hearing about the talent on this team and this talent 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 but Kurt alluded to it earlier. At some point, you are what you are, and if you history keeps showing you these, these you know these habits, these routines, that's what you are. So I, I think the next three or four games, you got a new coaching staff in here, you got new schemes. Like it, it's no longer you can't put it on the coaching staff. At some point, and I think it's in the next few games, you are what you are as a player, and I, I'm interested to see where. I don't know if that answered your question. But I'm interested to see where Jalen is after about three or four games. 
Let, let me let me give the fans a little bit of a, yeah. of a, of a you know, behind you asked the about scenes type of. Are the players on the look, roster are they going to be able to fix these when guys? You, when you hit these coaches, I mean, they're not going to be able to go out who are and just get a new right out tackle. Honest and just find, be you know, who are they going to find off the street that can come in and play middle linebacker? And then you have this coded language. They need Jalen Smith to step up. I want to make sure that, and this is this is the big coaching is like parenting. You just have to know how each one of your children function and work. So when I look at Jalen Smith and I know how bad he played, but then I hear coaches and ownership and front office personnel say things like, oh, good effort. Heads in the right place, had good energy. Those are key words to me that tells me, yeah, we don't want to just kick his, we don't, we don't want to kick him in the butt right now, but behind closed doors, we're getting on him. Because when you, when you can't pinpoint ways to really show me how that player that we're discussing had an impact in the game and you have to find these little different, what are they, adjective words, whatever, that to put in place to describe them, that's very generic. That, that's cold word for behind the scenes of, yeah, he really didn't play well, but I don't want to kick his butt to the media. And, but one player on this defense that played well, and it's probably going to make me eat crow at some point in time in this season, and it was remarkable to see a guy and Alden Smith, who has not played real, live, professional football in five years and looked better than the guys who were playing football five months ago, six months ago, eight months ago. Kurt, is, is this one of those things where, because we always get on the Cowboys about having these reclamation projects and this is a football facility, not a rehab facility. Is this one of those things where the, where the Joneses will be able to look back on this, say, in December and be like, see, I told you this is why we kick the tires on guys like this, because they may be they, 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 they may be that guy. Did we, we lose Kurt? Oh, no. I, yeah, you did momentarily, so I only caught okay. the last part of your question if you want to repeat well, it. Sorry. Well, I, I, I'll speak on it. Let, let, me, let me say this right here, man. We drafted Jalen Smith. We drafted Leighton Van Der Esch, a Woozier, and the beat goes on and on. And I've said it yesterday, and I'll say it again today. You know, it's all right to go out and get a guy like Alden Smith, but you can't base your team and your foundation on Alden Smith and those type guys. You cannot. It's your free agents that you're signing as rookies and, and as two- and three-year vets. It's your core guys that you, uh, uh, that you find in the draft through one through seven that's supposed to be building your team. And for you to say, and for, for me to say, and for you to say, hey, Alden Smith came out and played. Okay, great, plus, plus for us. But we got to get at least seven more guys playing on that level. We got to get at least seven more guys that can make plays as the game go on to get a ball back to your offense. Alden Smith was that one guy that made those plays. You know, okay, who will we get it from this week? A combination of guys. That's what we, that's what we have to have. I mean, at the end of, at the end of the year, saying Alden Smith is a great player, that's great and fine. But I want to say at the end of the year, did you see Gallimore grow? Did you see Tristan Hill? These are guys that you're drafting in the first, second, and third, and fourth rounds. 
Going I, again, I'm sorry, I got knocked offline for a little bit. But going back to your question about, you know, how are they going to replace these guys? And like Nate says, how are these guys going to step up? They've got to. They're going to be on the roster, right? They can't. At this point, you're not going to find a right tackle on the street or a middle linebacker. They've got to guys have guys step up now, right? Like Jalen Smith, Francis Bernard, Jalen Smith. Even though he's a rookie, uh, number thirty-two for for excuse me for uh, the Rams, Jordan, whatever his name, came up big. That's the guy who tackled C.D. Lamb for the loss. I mean, you draft these guys, and when you and when you do find an Alden Smith. That should be your extra. That should be your cream on top of that vanilla, that 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 that, that strawberry shake that you got. That should be that cream on the top. <laughs> yeah, and he okay, should be but, that cherry. He should be that cherry. We can't draft anybody now. We can't pick up any free agents now. I mean, what do we do now to to well, now, us holding and help them? This is where your roster come into effect. We have Joe Thomas. We have Justin Marsh Leonard. I mean, if at some point especially with this pandemic, players have to play. And your schemes, they promoted this before the season. Our scheme, we will play the players and fit the scheme to the players. And now they kept the best possible guys that fits this scheme. So now this is where you go. You don't have to go to the street. You got Justin Marshall, you got Joe Thomas. Yeah, they're, they're not Van Der Escher. They're not this guy. But they are the guys on your team. It's a bunch of teams that are hurting. They have injuries, and they ain't even worried about. It. They just they moving forward. Now they they moaning and groaning in their teams, and they doing uh, pods like we're doing, and they groaning and moaning too. But you know what? They everybody understands. It's correct me if I'm wrong. It's it's on your team. That's why you. That's why we got McCarthy here, right? My boy Freaky Mike. My boy Freaky Mike. And so, well, I want to. I want to. I want to give the reins back to Shannon after this break. So I can talk the last 15 minutes of this show and just tell everything. No, well, you've been talking all the while, Jesse. Just keep no. doing what you're doing. No, I, I'm, 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 I'm enjoying, I'm enjoying this. I'm enjoying this, ho- uh, this host role. It's giving me an opportunity to kind of, you know, work on my skills. The more you can do, right? The more you can do, the more valuable you are to the team. So when Shannon One takes a day off, I can go ahead and host the show. But I do want to dive into, and and I'll start it off. But I want to talk about this. Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy thing. Is it too early for Mike McCarthy to take the reins from Kellen Moore and go back to call, play calling? We know that's we know that's his baby. We know that's what he's done his entire career. This is his first time giving up those responsibilities. Is it too early? When is the right time for Mike McCarthy to take the reins back from calling plays? Coming up after this break, right here with your boy Jay Holly with Shannon Gross, Kurt Daniels, Nate Newton, and Chris Beam on Hanging with the Boys. Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again for tailgating with the Otterbox Boys. Otterbox, the company that builds wildly overproductive phone cases? The one and only. But cases are just the start. Otterbox is the official outfitter of tailgating. If they can keep my phone safe, what can they do for my parking lot party? How about protecting your beverages from suboptimal drinking temperatures with their elevation tumblers? And Otterbox elevation tumblers come in three sizes. A 10-ouncer, a 20-ouncer, and even a 64-ounce growler. Check out all the colors and sizes of their elevation tumblers at otterbox.com. It's football season, and when you're tailgating with your friends and your family, you want the best meat on your grill. Pettigeen Meats makes the best hot dogs, the Pettigeen Griller, or the all-beef franks will score. To complete that tailgate meal, Pettigeen Meats has hickory smoked sausage, hot links, Polish sausage, 
and the best hickory smoked bacon and ham around. Available at your local retailer and a proud sponsor of the Dallas Cowboys. It's Pettigene Meats. Taste the difference. We can't wait to see the Cowboys back on the field, and we can't wait to pack AT&T Stadium to watch them play. When that time comes, SeatGeek is the place to get all of your tickets. Plus, tickets to the hundreds of games, concerts, rodeos, and other live events we'll all be able to enjoy again soon. Every SeatGeek purchase is protected by a buyer guarantee, which means you'll get your money back if your event is canceled. Guaranteed. SeatGeek, let's go. Hey, Cowboys fans, ready to spice up your next watch party? Bring Yokiero guacamole and be the game day hero. Yokiero means I want, and we know you want, great, fresh-tasting, ready-to-serve guacamole for your home-gating and tailgating events. Made with real avocados and the perfect blend of spices, it will be the star of any party. You can find us at your local Albertsons or Tom Thumb in the deli section. If you can't find it, talk to your store manager and tell them, Yokiero, Yokiero guacamole. Back to hanging with the boys. We are back, and we invite you to invite Rowdy to your next in-person or virtual event from watch parties to birthday parties to wedding proposals to Valentine's Day. Anything you can think of, Rowdy can be there. He brings games, entertainment, photo opportunities to all occasions. Visit DallasCowboys.com slash Rowdy to book your Rowdy appearance today. And being the selfless person I am and wanting to contribute always to the development of other people, I am going to turn the the, the last segment of the show back over to Jesse Holly because one, I am I am enjoying I am enjoying being a participant on a podcast for once and not having to host. And two, I want to help Jesse Holly become a better person by letting him work on his listening skills, <laughs> which he is having to do by hosting this show. So Jesse Holly, take over the last segment. It's all yours, brother. All right. All right. Let's, let's do it, man. I got it. So game two coming up this week, we saw this Cowboys team score 17 points in their opening game. Kurt, you alluded to it earlier, is that when this team was in one possession games, when they scored less than 24 points, they were abysmal. They were a bad football team. We hired Mike McCarthy because of the vanilla, predictable, dry, stale offense that we got for the last 10 years from Jason Garrett. This was a guy who was supposed to come in here and revamp this thing and give us a new lease on life with all of these offensive weapons. They kept Kellen Moore, who was here last year, who was like the prodigal son to Jerry Jones and Jason Garrett. And mainly because we went through all this stuff, they wanted to keep the terminology the same, some some familiarity for Dak as they're trying to make him their franchise quarterback. But after you watched this game and you saw how lack thereof when it came to creativity, unpredictability, excitement, non-vanilla. We saw a lot of what we saw for the past 10 years. Nate, is there a time frame for Mike McCarthy where maybe they win three or four games in a row, but offense is just struggling, 17 points a game. They're milling around. Is there a point in time, do you see, in your personal opinion, that Mike McCarthy goes in and says, listen, kid, 
I appreciate your effort. You'll continue to help out with this thing, but daddy got it now. It's, it's time is now, Jesse. They, right they, now. Wait, wait, yeah, wait. Right whoa, now. whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, mm -hmm. wait. Oh, Lord. You're saying, you're saying right now, it's after game one, you're saying it is time right now for Mike McCarthy to walk in there and say, we appreciate your effort, kid, but. Oh, you're asking a different question. You're asking uh, kicking Keller Moore out as offensive coordinator. As, right? I, I'm, no, well, no okay. I'm, saying, I'm saying the person who's going to call the plays on Sunday. Okay. All right. This is what I believe is, uh, and, I, and I think I said this yesterday, I, I don't know if they have an attachment, Coach McCarthy and, and the offensive coordinator, Keller Moore, but I don't care what anybody said. I've said this before and I say this now. If we hired Coach McCarthy because we wanted to bring some pizzazz and some pop to this offense, why isn't he being used full bore? I, I've always thought that if you have an offensive-minded coach, that even if you let another guy, like Sean McVay brought in O'Connell, he said, okay, I'm bringing you in. You're going to take some of my work off me during the week by putting, helping me put together. And like the kid do for Kansas City, for coach out there in Kansas City. But when Sunday come, I'm, I'm controlling this. I'm, I'm, you know, even if I have to say, hey, well, this is a better play. Like the kid get done in, in Kansas City. Uh, this is a better play. And that, and that is what you do as an offensive-minded coach. You let them have the reins, but when things get tight, like this game got tight, I'm like, okay, this is how we're going to handle this. This is how we're going to do this. Because you can't tell me four games from now, if we average around 23 points a game, we winning, everything's going to be fine. But if you're losing, this, it, it's a failed project. So uh, Keller Moore got to pick up his game. Coach McCarthy got to pick up his game, and the communication got to get there because we shouldn't lose games unless our offense is not as good as we thought it was. And don't tell me it's because of our offensive line. Hmm. You've dealt with that in the past. Don't tell me that. I don't want to hear that anymore. I, I want your offensive genius setting up every week, giving us opportunity to score those points that we invested on in all this time and energy and money on offensively. See, I, I don't necessarily agree with that. I think Kellen Moore still argue with him, Nick Kurt. Argue with I, him. He gonna argue today. He gonna see, argue today. <laughs> argue he wants with to argue him. with you. <laughs> but I do think McCarthy's having an influence for sure. I mean, last year the Cowboys threw about 58% of the time, and that was like 21st in the league. In that, in that first game, they threw 61% of the time, which was eighth in the league. So I think McCarthy may be seeing some of that influence. I, again, on first and second downs through the first half, they threw 67% of the time. So they are opening it up more. And again, that, pro football focus by whatever – I don't know what the metrics they use. They have Kellen Moore as a top five offensive play caller. So – they're putting up the yards, obviously. They're just not always putting up the points. And why that is, you know, I can't tell you. Is it, It's like they're not making that play when they need to make the play. And is well, that, that a football focus and all, or is, Them football focus and all them folks, that's great. But yeah. at the end of one week, is the Cowboys in the win column or the loss column? <laughs> Will we be talking the same if they were the one seventeen? To, to 15. No, we'd have been talking different, but we'd have still been talking about the offense. You, out of $200 million, you've invested $140 million in your offense. You fired a coach to go out and get an offensive-minded coach. And, Garrett and, was an offensive-minded coach. He wasn't a defensive guy. Who, who was that? 
Garrett was an offensive mind. But why coach. did we fire him? Because we did not give enough consistent offense, right? Right. That is why we right. fired him, right? Okay, right. why did we hire McCarthy? Because we want to take a couple of years to build this thing up? Or is it a now thing? I think it's a now thing, and I think you're going to see his influence. I, I, but yeah. I don't necessarily and, and mean you need to, need to take the reins away from, from Kellen Moore, though. Do you believe that if we start out great and strong at the beginning of this season, it would carry us into the meat of this ugly road deal here in a couple of weeks or four weeks? If well, we start to. out strong now, uh, and that's what I'm saying, is I'm not saying that he has to take away the play calling from Kellen Moore. I'm not saying that. But I'm saying you got to have some type of connection, whereas when things get tight, who do you want calling the plays, honestly? if When things get tight, I'm asking you, Jesse, and I'm asking you, Shannon, and when things get tight and it get ugly like it was the other day, who do you want calling the plays? But, Nate, w- wouldn't that go back to the, to the, to the notion that you want to have one voice, one sound, right? Because if, if you're talking about – and, I, and I'm just I'm just giving perspective here. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to have open dialogue with it. Is for a quarterback in Dak Prescott in an, an offense uh, with all these weapons, do you want to keep having two different voices tell your quarterback to do two different things at different points of the game? Should be should it be uh, you know should it just be should it be North Turner every single day or should it be North sometime and Jimmy some other times like? You know, Jimmy was a defensive coordinator. Jimmy was a defensive coach. Let me say this right here. If you can't put your stamp on your team, I, I, I've seen a lot of times where Belichick, at, at crucial times of the game, go back there and sit down with his defensive coordinator and they talk about things. And he said, well, this, 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 and he hands it to him. And he and he and he puts it out there. I've seen where Sean McVay goes and sit down and gets it and works it through. And same with this game, he works it through. Which it's not taking stripping nobody of their authority. It's right. sharing the responsibility. The kid in Kansas City. Well, I think they're with doing that. that. Coach, I think you, I think McCarthy's do, doing do that. Do you really think they're doing that? Have we seen oh, enough yeah. camera work to know that? Uh, well, I mean, I mean, we've only seen. I've one seen game, these other coaches I'm, do that. I've seen I'm Andy sure Reid walk up to his. It. I've seen Andy Reid walk up to his offensive coordinator and say, "What you, what you thinking here? What? Yeah, Eric Benner. I've seen him do this. Well, okay, course, so we got only our seen guys. one game of McCarthy and Moore. I think McCarthy's going to have it. You ask me. Sure. You ask me. What is the difference between this year and last year with this past game? What is the difference? Your head coach is the big difference. Okay. Did you see his influence that much besides a percentage of more passes? Well, that's a pretty big influence, isn't it? Did we see the motions and the movement and all of this stuff right here? That's a great that's question true. that you hit on right there, Nate. And yeah, I that's bring, true. I want to bring Shannon. I want to bring Shannon into this right here uh, to, to piggyback off of what Nate uh, just said. A lot of us feel like coaching should bring you a game, a game and a half, two games. Thank you. Thank from my, you. From my, from my perspective, Shannon, and I know this is a small sample size, and I won't hold you to this for the entire year. Thank you. But Thank do, you. You think, do you think that, that, that Coach McCarthy is going to do like Nate said? Is he going to, is he going to show his influence in game? I think, I think Nate's speaking more about 
more in-game influence than overall influence. I mean, like in the game, in the moment, hey, we're in the fourth quarter, it's a one-score game, hey, come Kellen Moore, bring the guys around, Dak, come around, and hey, let's look at these type of plays out of y'all. In your, in your perspective, do you think that, let's do the over-under, how, how many games do you think that Coach McCarthy, his influence alone will be the be the reason why this team wins? Two, three, none? I think a couple of couple of things I want to hit on. One, I think I think coaching you should get two you should have two wins a year just from coaching, at least. Maybe three or four, depending on, you know, how good of a situational coach you are. I think your question earlier about when will McCarthy insert himself and be more of a game day presence? You got to think this is his first. This is he sat out a year. This is his first in-game action that he's been, and he's recreated himself according to him by doing the analytics and by by listening and watching and being willing to adapt. And I think he went down this road all off season saying he's going to let Kellen Moore call the plays. He's going to let Kellen Moore call the plays. It's going to be really interesting because you guys know one thing that if you're a head coach at any level, you are a control freak above and beyond anything else. You, your job depends on you being in control and the outcome of what you control and how you control it and the decisions you make. I guarantee you if he feels like the game is better, the team is better suited with him calling plays, you are going to see him take over play calling sooner rather than later because ultimately his job and his his you know his legacy depends on that so if he's you know he's he's a offensive genius he's a quarterback genius i think you're going to see it if you see this offense struggle to put up points, I think you're going to see it sooner than later. I don't think he's going to be like Coach Garrett was and wait till the season's almost over before he starts making changes and saying, okay, we're going to do things different. I think you're going to start seeing that pretty quick. I don't have a timetable, but I think you're going to see some things that are going to look different soon. Do you well, think he obviously made the call to go for it on fourth and three. Do you think he made the play call? No. I think he knew. I think he knew based off of the play call on third down that he probably said during that drive, "Hey, if we get inside X, we're going. We're we're going forward on fourth because the play they called on third down." Right. He said, "We're we're going for it no matter what." But he but Moore called those two plays, third and fourth down. That's what I think. I'm calling the next play, and I'm calling this game, this show, officially over. (laughs) Nate, thank you, thank you for bringing the heat all day long. Kurt, I appreciate you saying more than 50 words. Shannon, whatever. Uh, Chris Bean, thank you for keeping us on and keeping us rocking and rolling today, man. Right here, same time tomorrow, 1230. We'll all be here. Hopefully, I'll be able to just run my mouth again tomorrow. I hope that you guys are all back. We appreciate you. We thank you for Kurt, for Nate, for Chris, for Shannon, for your boy, Jay Holly. We out this piece. Hanging with the boys. See us tomorrow, baby. We go. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys?